So, you know, it's interesting right now, there's, this, uh, uh, there's really a, a trend line. If you go online and you look at a podcast and you're looking at certain apps like Calm and so forth, mindfulness is a big, big word in our culture right now that having a sense of self-awareness, positive self-talk, those kinds of things, kind of focusing on those things. And it, it's not a new thing. I mean, it's a grounded in all kinds of things. Christians have been doing that. Monks and nuns have been doing that forever in monasteries and so forth. Meditation techniques, pondering the scriptures, prayer itself is often considered that kind of activity. But mindfulness right now, in many, many ways, is kind of this uh, self-focus on a quest, right? You know, on a quest. And you know, I remember the, uh, the uh, I think it's still being published, uh, the comic strip BC. Um, and he used to have all kinds of really strong Christian messages. And I think it's been handed off to different, I forget, anyway, uh, different artists and so forth. But in BC, one of the recurring themes that would happen in those Sunday morning comic strips especially was there would be a guy at the top of a mountain sitting cross-legged, you know, kind of a guru up at the top. And it was, uh, they tried to pose it in a humorous way where the guy on his quest would kind of ascend the mountain to be able to ask him his question and then he'd get some kind of goofy answer, you know, or some kind of something answer. And I think for many, many people, I think they perceive that the Christian life or a spiritual life, a life of faith, is this kind of quest to find God, kind of this desire, this, and you're on a journey to find God and to seek that out. And in fact, we even call a whole group of people over the last 30 years or so spiritual seekers. It's not a new idea, but we actually use that as a term. People are seeking. What's fascinating is, as I looked at this, these three readings, and we're a church that has assigned readings, and I don't always use them, but it's kind of nice when they're assigned, because when I'm assigned something, then I can't put my bias on it. You know what I mean? If I'm assigned it, I have to figure out, what's God saying here? Uh, what do I think God's saying? Rather than me saying, let me see if I can get God to prove something I want to say. So, um, so I kind of like it, that we have assigned readings. And so in this one, there was one assigned from Isaiah, and Isaiah is already a prophet, and he gets this vision. He gets this vision of God, and it's called Isaiah's commissioning. And essentially, he's in the throne room of God. Imagine it, right? These seraphim, six wings, wham, 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 they're flapping, you know, and six pairs of wings, and they've got, you know, two are flying with them, two of them, they're covering their faces, and two of them, I mean, imagine, you know, like six or so uh, Black Hawk helicopters, and you're standing under that, you know, and it's the throne room of God and a great big, you know, brazier and coals and there's, you know, incense and it's just something. I mean, it's just, and here's Isaiah in the middle of it and standing in the middle of that, he's in the presence of the most holy God. And, you know, we don't, we struggle with this because we don't have holy spaces in our life anymore. Do you agree? It's very rare that you have holy spaces. We'd like to think this is, you know, but anyway. That's a holy space. And in the midst of that, he goes, woe is me. I'm lost. I am lost. Because, man, I know what's come out of my mouth in the last few days. That's what he says. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips, too. Second one, chronologically now, is Peter, right? So here's Peter. And Peter, um, you know, the scene is, it appears that they were called there in Galilee, by the Sea of Galilee. And, uh, Jesus called him, he's cast out some demons, and he's healed Peter's mother-in-law already from a fever, like the night before, a couple nights before. 
And the guys are like, well, let's, uh, we got to make a living. So they go back and they're fixing their nets and stuff. And Jesus comes down to speak at the shore. And then you get this great miracle, right? I mean, it's a great story. I've preached on it many times where Jesus goes, hey, put out in the deep water and let's make a catch. And Peter is a professional. And you could just imagine him sitting there going, um, you know, I'm the fisherman here, right? You're going to where there ain't no fish. But okay, you healed my mother-in-law last night, and I seen you cast out a demon. All right. And they fill up two boats, and they're about to sink. So it's a great miracle. And in the presence of that divine power, Peter is overcome, right? Get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And then the third one is Paul. And Paul, and it's, isn't it interesting in this reading, if you were paying attention closely you'll notice that what we just said in the Apostles' Creed, a lot of that Paul was saying right there, that's about 55 AD. Or what would we say politically correctly? Common era, CE, okay? Yeah, 55 AD, about 25 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, those words appear. Those are creedal words. We think the Apostles' Creed, or what was called the Old Roman Creed, goes all the way back into the first century. Isn't that fascinating to think that we're saying the same things that they said? Same things. And then Peter said, and then Paul goes on to say, and, and all these eyewitnesses saw Jesus. Some are still living. Some have died. Some have fallen asleep. And he said, and then he even appeared to me, and I, it was a mess because I was like abnormally born, right? I don't deserve to be called an apostle because I actually persecuted the church of God. But because of God's grace, and then that's the Popeye line. No, who knows Popeye, right? I am what I am, is what he says. Sorry, I'm really dating myself. But by God's grace, I am what I am. And God's grace had an effect in me. So anyway, those are the three scenes. When I, as I worked through those, I said to myself, what examples, what are the predominant examples in Scripture? Is it people on a quest for God? Or is it God on a quest for you? 